Thank you for tuning in to the Access Church Podcast of the Week. We hope that you are both challenged and encouraged by this message. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them out. Uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 28. And uh, we're going to be talking this morning about barriers to effective prayer. And I'll cover one this morning, and then we'll cover... Uh, the rest of what I was going to share, we'll, we'll cover that next week. You go with that? All right. And if you're not, too bad. <laughs> Barriers to effective prayer, and they'll put my uh, notes on the back. You know, I believe that as we're in this season of prayer, and we're in this season of taking time and consecrating ourselves to the Lord, that all of us have a desire to see God respond as we pray. Amen? Yeah. I believe that's in our hearts, as we want to see God respond as we pray, we say all of the time that God sees, that he knows, and that he cares. We also know that the Bible says that he's the same yesterday as he is today, and he'll be tomorrow. So he's consistent, say consistent. Now, prayer is, is really amazing that you and I, as a Christian, as a child of God, we have an audience with the great God of the universe, What an awesome privilege. What an honor that we can approach his throne like the Bible says. We can approach his throne with confidence and with boldness. That he's a loving father and he cares about what we're going through. But many times we pray and God doesn't respond the way we think he's going to respond, how we want him to respond, and when we want him to respond. Maybe that's just me, but I'm sure it's happened to you at times. Have you ever felt that way? God... I'm praying and I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to do, but like, where are you? In the Bible, there's some really interesting portions of scripture. Proverbs 28 verse 9 says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. That's a a strong word. We'll dive more into that portion of scripture next week. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 1 says this. He says, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moon, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. He goes on and he says, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Be encouraged this morning, right? I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. This was a portion of time in scripture. There was a lot of idolatry in the nation of Israel. They had turned their back on God, and yet they were going through just the motions, right? Many churches just go through the motions. They're doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, but there's no heart in it. There's no conviction in it. It's just kind of doing what you think you should do. Many times there are barriers to prayer, and I appreciate your enthusiasm, Amen? All right? But, but I'm preaching, and I want you to be encouraged. I want everybody to focus this morning. Amen? Barriers to effective prayer. John chapter 16. Turn there this morning, and we'll get there in a minute to John chapter 14. Pastor Nate's going to grab an illustration real quick for me. He's going to put it on the stage, and I want to leave this up here as a reminder for you this morning as you and I pray. Turn to John chapter 16 this morning. You know, many times as we seek the Lord, the Bible says when we seek him, we will find him. When we seek him with what? All our heart. 
all of our heart. Have you ever walked into your house before? And you go to turn on the lamp. No, that's this part of the illustration. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to mess with you. But you ever been there before? You turn it on. What's the first thought that comes to mind? Oh, it's West Penn Power. I might as well get on the phone. Nobody thinks that way. What do you typically do? You start checking the light bulb. You start checking the plug. Years ago, we had this problem. We found out that we buried our pet rabbit was electrified and we buried him a couple weeks before and then we realized that he actually chewed the wires on the light. So you start diagnosing the problem. Is it the light? Is it? Oh, it is light bulb. Your first instinct isn't West Penn power. Your first instinct is you start checking everything else. But what happens many times when we pray, God, why didn't you? Why didn't you respond the way I thought you were going to respond? When you were going to, how you were, all of a sudden, it's like we go right to the source and God's the problem. But as we take this time of fasting and prayer, my heart is to challenge you this week and next week, maybe another week, on some of the barriers to prayer. Now, have you ever really asked the question, why do we pray in the name of Jesus? This is what I want you to see this morning, this one thing. Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? Earlier, we sang about the name of Jesus is powerful. Move the unmovable. Break the unbreakable. Do the impossible. So we sing about the power of the name of Jesus, but but why do we pray in the name of Jesus? And that's the one thing I really want to walk away with you understanding this morning. Because the Bible says that we're to pray to God through Jesus. And one of the greatest tools that you have in your spiritual arsenal is the name of Jesus. And I want you to see this this morning in scripture, John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24. Here's what it says. It says in that day, you will no longer ask me for anything, say anything. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, he's talking to the disciples. He says, there will come a day when you will no longer ask me for everything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask. What are the key words after that? In my name. Jesus one day looks at the disciples. All the disciples did is they just were, they were with Jesus. His primary calling was for them to be with him. But eventually he looks them in the eye and he says, there will come a day when you will no longer ask me for anything. He'll be gone ascended to heaven at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. He says, very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. It's very important that you understand the power in the name of Jesus. And this is something I really, you need to see during this season as we're focusing on prayer and fasting. So what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus. Many people have never really thought about that. It's certainly not a magic formula that we tack on to the end of a prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen, it's over type of thing. It's not a magical formula that you add on to get whatever you want whenever you want. 
Many times we just get so used to prayer, it's just so automatic that it's like, in Jesus' name, it's a closer statement, amen. But there's so much more to that. There has to be so much more or else the Lord wouldn't have made it explicitly clear over and over in the word that we're to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, how many of you during this season of prayer, like we just sang, you want God to break something that seems unbreakable, spiritually speaking, right? You want him to move something that's immovable, right? You want him to do something that's powerful. You need to see here how much power there is as we pray in the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6, you can jump back a couple chapters. Jesus In John chapter 14, verse 13, first of all, he says, I will do whatever you ask in what? My name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. There's power in the name of Jesus as we ask in his name. Why is it important? Look at what it says in verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the new covenant, Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. What was God like? Look at Jesus. What would God have said in a moment? Look at Jesus. How would he have responded or treated people? Look at Jesus. No one comes to the Father through any other means except the name of Jesus. Jesus was God in the human flesh. When you go back into the old covenant, how did they know the Father? Well, they knew the Father by the things that were in the temple, the the furnishings and the tabernacle and all of those things in the old covenant. But in the new covenant, you and I are not in old covenant theology looking forward to the cross or looking forward to the coming Messiah. We're actually looking backward and thanking Jesus for his sacrifice on the cross. We're looking back, thanking him that he came and he lived and he died and he will return. Philip one day asks Jesus a question. He says, show me the Father and I'll be satisfied. I'll be content. That'll be enough for me. Jesus says to him, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, when we come to God in prayer, Jesus is the designated way that we approach him in prayer. And I want to take time just for a couple minutes and we'll go right back into worship to answer the question, why is this important that we pray in the name of Jesus? I want him to break unbreakable things. I want him to do all of those things. But what really does it mean when we pray in the name of Jesus? I want you to see these three things and get them in your heart. Number one, when you and I approach the Father and we pray in the name of Jesus, Number one, we're asking with his approval. We're asking with Jesus, his approval. I want you to think about endorsements for a minute. You know, if LeBron James puts his name on a pair of Nike shoes, what is he doing? He's approving. He's saying, go out and buy these type of shoes. 
for a professional athlete is in a commercial and they're, they're, they're signing their visible kind of the, in the commercial, their body is in, and they're endorsing a product like Coca-Cola. What are, what are they saying? They're saying when you go to Sheets and you go through all these different sodas that are there, grab a Coke because my name is attached. It's, it's good. It's beneficial. It's something that I'm signing my name on. Getting paid $20 million to do it, but hey. What does it mean to attach your name? It means that we're putting our approval on something. I'm sure at some point in time, you signed a contract. You were buying a house, buying a car, whatever you're buying. And and you read through all of the paperwork, and at the bottom, you put your signature. You attached your name to that. What are you doing? You're endorsing everything that's on that piece of paper. When you pray in the name of Jesus, it's actually very powerful because what number one you're doing is you're asking for his approval. And that's a powerful thing. When you ask in his name, you're asking for his approval in Jesus' name. You know, there are some things that God's not going to approve as we pray in prayer, right? Things that are not in alignment with his word. And so as we're in this season of prayer and fasting, I think over and over, our heart should be as we're seeking the Lord. Lord, is this something, as I cry out to you and I want a breakthrough, I want something moved, I want to see something supernatural. Jesus, is this something that you would sign off on? Number one is approval. Secondly, as we pray in the name of Jesus, we're praying that he's glorified in the midst of what we're asking. Amen? He's glorified everything Jesus did. His aim was to bring glory to who? The Father. To bring glory to the Father. Do your prayers align with kingdom purposes? We're praying in this season of prayer and fasting. When we come to the Father in Jesus' name and we ask him to do for something, you know, selfishly or something fleshly, think we have to come back to the heart motive. Is this something that Jesus would not only sign off on, but would this be something that would bring glory to him? When you honor someone or you do something on behalf of somebody and somebody's name, you're saying, I want to honor you. I want to bless you. I want to glorify you. Every once in a while as a church, we've find people that are in need and we bless them on on behalf of the church and we care for them on behalf of the church and one of the things that it does is it brings honor to that person brings dignity to that person as we pray in the name of Jesus we're saying Jesus would you be glorified in whatever I'm asking Jesus would you be honored in whatever I'm seeking you for may the result of this prayer and it may be something that's unbreakable something that's unmoved I mean just something that's an, a miracle but saying Jesus would you be glorified in this I want your approval but I want you to receive glory in the midst of this The Father is interested in bringing glory to the Son. That's what it's all about. John chapter 14. The Bible says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works. This should be a great encouragement to you. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. 
Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. And if you ask for anything in what? In my name, I will do it so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Jesus is telling the disciples, he's encouraging the disciples and the context is them bearing fruit. They want to grow in fruit. They want to see people give their lives to Christ. They want to see fruit in their lives. And Jesus is saying, when you come in my name, I will do it. So that what? The son may bring glory to the father. The last piece that I want to share with you before we go back into worship this morning and prayer. When we approach Jesus and we use his name in prayer. We come to the Father in Jesus' name. We're asking for his approval. We're asking that Jesus would be glorified. You know, one of the things I've said over the years is this house is a temporary house here at Bethel. One day the Lord's going to do a miracle for our church. But it's not going to be anything associated with Zach or Ashley or Nate or anybody else here or Access Church. It's going to be something that people look at and say, man, Only Jesus could have done that for them, you know? That's our heart. We want him to be glorified. We want him to be honored. But the last piece is we pray in the name of Jesus. It means to ask with his authority. And this is very, very important. Remember Jesus gave the disciples authority? He said, I give to you power over the enemy. He gave the disciples power over the enemy, which means as a Christian, now we have power over the enemy. We're not waging war against the enemy. We reinforce the position of victory that we have in Christ. We have, say, I have authority over the enemy. Not because of anything you've done. It has nothing to do with an offering you're going to put in or anything like that. It has everything to do what Je- for what Jesus has done. Think of an officer in traffic as he's directing traffic. Every once in a while, you'll see, you know, smaller officer, and they can, they can pull over a huge tractor trailer with just a hand because what does that hand represent? The authority that they possess. And the Bible says that when you use the name of Jesus and you understand the power that's in the name of Jesus, that there is great authority at the throne of the Father when we say to him, Lord, I'm not coming to you in in my name. I'm not coming to you based on what I've done this week. I'm not coming to you based on who I am or any of those other things, but we approach him in the name of Jesus and there's so much authority at the throne of the Father in the name of Jesus. When you do something in Jesus' name, there is power and there is authority. Matthew chapter 28, if you're writing notes, verse 18, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven has been given to me. And then he tells them to go. 
And so when you understand the authority that you have as somebody that is sent, somebody that represents Christ, somebody that is commissioned, whether you're praying for the sick or you're sharing your faith or you're building a church here like Stephen in Koboko last week in Africa, the great authority of heaven is with you and you have and need to understand the name of Jesus and how powerful it is. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. He says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid, or maybe your translation say bind, or whatever you permit, or your translation say may loose, whatever you forbid or permit on, on the earth will be permitted in heaven. They're very powerful words in scripture. Jesus never said that God would obey what I did on the earth. He never said he would obey what you did on the earth. But he did say that we should walk with his authority. We should walk with his understanding. We should pray with a confidence that we have that he's already willed things in the word. And we now get to see them realized in in this life. Acts chapter 3 is a great example. Peter and John came to the temple to pray. And there's a beggar there needing money. They say to him, they say, silver and gold, we, we do not have. In essence, he's saying, we want money. He's like, silver and gold, we don't have. But, but I don't have that, Peter says. He says, such as we have, we give unto you in the what? Name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. They understood the authority in the name of Jesus. Somebody had a need. You're going to work with people that have needs. You're going to be surrounded with people that have needs. Many times their need is not the greatest need. But as they're walking by one day and they see this man, what he's wanting is really not what he's needing, but they understand that they possess the name of Jesus and the authority and the fact that they're sent, right? And they say, whatever... You know, we have, we give unto you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The power and the authority in the name of Jesus. I want you to think of it this way. If I wrote a check to you today, and I wrote Sasha's name here, I felt generous, so I was going to give him a thousand dollars randomly, so I wrote a thousand and I sign on the dotted line. He's gonna walk up to our bank. He's gonna present it to the counter. They're gonna see that the funds are available. (laughs) What are they gonna do? They're gonna make a withdrawal. They're gonna give him the resources. What would happen if the signature wasn't on there? Nothing's getting done. But when I authorize that, all of a sudden, the things that are at my disposal are accessible to Sasha now because of the authority of of my name. When you pray to God and you pray in the name of Jesus and you understand the name of Jesus, you're like, oh, this sounds like a magic formula. Trust me, we'll talk about other barriers next week, like sin, Right. 
huge barrier in prayer. We'll talk next week about one of the barriers of doubt in prayer, skeptical prayers. I understand there's many barriers, but this is a big one to people. They don't understand the power in the name of Jesus. Lord, move the unmovable. Shake the... Yeah, yeah, I get that. But do you believe it? Do you believe that when you approach the Father in Jesus' name, that the authority of heaven is associated with that name. And when you pray in alignment with his word, when you pray and approach him as a father in heaven that has good things for you, God's a good God, right? He's good. He wants to take care of you. He promised to take care of you. And when you pray and you seek him in the name of Jesus, man, there is great authority in that. Would you just close your eyes for a minute? And maybe you're here today, number one, and you don't know the Lord. You don't know and have that assurance in your heart that you are forgiven. You don't have peace with God. You wrestle with God as you go to bed at night. Today's your day to say, Jesus, I need you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth that you're Lord. I believe, I repent of sin. And today I want to receive Christ. Forgive me right now, Lord. If that's you, would you just raise your hand to heaven just between you and the Lord? Just say, Jesus, I need you. Yeah, just keep your hand to the Lord. Just, Father, bless her today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you forgive. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercies are new every morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, that as she just acknowledges her need for you right now in this moment, Lord, as she cries out to you, Father, I thank you that you forgive. Father, I thank you that you cleanse. Father, I thank you as you, she turns her back on sin and turns to Christ. Lord, I pray you would change and you would transform her life. Yes, Lord. In a minute, eventually some of our leaders will make their way forward, and I would encourage you to come. We want to pray with you personally and give you a Bible and, and encourage you. But as you're in this season of prayer and fasting, I just want you to ask the Lord, am I praying appropriately? Sounds like a random question. But my heart for you as a pastor is that as you pray, This isn't a barrier. You're not coming to the Lord, to the Father this week based on anything you've done this past week, whether it was a good week, a tough week, a struggling week. You're coming to him. And the access point is, is the name of Jesus. It's what Jesus has done for you. It's what Jesus is doing for you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Access Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online at scaccesschurch.com or on any social media platform. And if you're listening from the state college or surrounding area, we would love to have you join us for a weekend service in the future. 